This is episode 27, 2019 Fantasy Football Running Back Preview. To all you beautiful people, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Monster Mangus here, back from vacation, ready to educate and entertain. And the regulation is here to fill you in on everything you missed and everything you need to know. Wouldn't be possible without the rest of these brilliant minds. Let's go ahead and meet the rest of the savages. Live from Tennessee, Shaky Doe, how we doing, kid? Uh, just as good as you. I hear that fat jaw in that mouth. Hell yeah, brother. Sponsored by, huh? Yeah, uh, Copenhagen. <laughs> Is that Cope? Uh, no, Grizzly. We're sponsored by Cope. God, Jesus Christ. I'm already screwing this up. All right, live from Rich What, Virginia, Tommy Lasagna. How we doing, brother? Uh, I'm good, and I am just I'm itching for football to get here. The Red Sox are just plummeting right now. I need football to get here. Tom, what's going on with your headphones, man? It looks like you're on a gurney in the hospital. Oh, <laughs> uh, they, yeah, they do look kind of funny. All right, well, lastly, uh, live for a limited time on the West Coast. Jesus Christ. <laughs> what the fuck? What's Brent? going on back there? Girthquake. Brent, you good? Girthquake, how we doing, buddy? Uh, we're good, boys. Uh, yeah, big announcement, sort of. This is actually my last time recording from San Francisco. Wow. Yes, sir. I'm moving to China. So. <laughs> do, we, <laughs> do we think Brent's alive, by the I way? I don't think so. I think he's... Wait, what? What are you doing in China? Uh, you know, <laughs> getting my life. Oh, here he is. Here he is. No, no. So right, yeah, gonna be. Listen uh, on what the hell that was. Uh, I was getting ice. Uh, uh, it's on. Uh, oh, okay, okay. Just Sorry, Harrison, not right. to cut you yeah, off. Yeah. So uh, last time recording in San Francisco, heading back to New York on Saturday night. Get in Sunday morning. I figured, you know, why not do one more red eye, right? So, get in Sunday morning, yeah. and then, and then you know, full steam ahead. Well, on that note, let's kick it off. I think Joe Flacco is actually a very elite quarterback. I'm supposed to be the franchise player, and we're in here talking about practice. You got my vote. Number one man, greatest quarterback of all time, hands down, Tom Brady. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you know the deal. We're going to run down... Our agenda tonight, we've got some warm-ups for you. We're going to talk to you a little about what's going on in the fight world. We're going to talk to you a little bit about the NFL. That's going to be the primary chunk of tonight's discussion. We're Specifically going to talk to you. fantasy fucking football. Yeah, exactly. You heard it. Thank you for the clarification. We're going to talk running backs this week. Uh, last week, Harrison and Tom blessed us with their knowledge on quarterbacks. This week, the whole crew is in the stew and we're talking running backs and lastly music appreciation as told by shaky dough uh so let's just kick it off with some warm-ups get the uh, wheels warm per usual how's everything going how's uh how's everyone living uh we're good man you know just the dog days of summer here this is like this is a really good time for sports because everybody's getting excited about football baseball is just starting to heat up if you're just a casual baseball fan, this is when you start watching, when teams are actually competing for division titles. This is it, baby. This is hey, it. Hey, let's, let's not forget about college football, too. I mean, I think we're less than two weeks away from the kickoff of college football where uh, Miami and Florida are going to go head-to-head. Um, Miami just named their starting quarterback today. It's going to be a redshirt freshman beating out two really? highly touted recruits in Tate Martell and Nikosi Perry. So... 
you better know I'll be watching that game. So uh, I'm I'm psyched, man. College football is is, is the bread and butter for me. You know, Giants. I, I don't really care about this year. I mean, whatever. I'll I'll tune into the games, but you know, Miami's Miami's got a solid team, and uh, college football is where it's at. Well, we'll obviously keep you guys posted all the way through. Um, but let's go ahead and, and just dive right into it. Warm-ups for today. We've got our first title here, Fight World. Uh, as mentioned, we were going to discuss a little bit about what's going on in the fight world. And right now, uh, there is no longer speculation, but according to Eddie Hearn, uh, it is fact that Andy Ruiz Jr. has signed uh, for Saudi Arabia a rematch against, against, I should say, Anthony Joshua. This is something that obviously we discussed heavily. Um, but I guess there was some speculation as to whether or not it was going to occur. Um, but excited as fuck to see this rematch and wanted to hear from you guys what your thoughts are. The only thought I have on this is... Uh, Andy Ruiz Jr. better have a good health plan because Anthony Joshua is going to knock his head clean off his shoulders. And I don't even think health insurance covers that. What do they cover? Decapitations? No, Instant I don't think so. Death? But no, seriously, like if Anthony uh, Joshua somehow implosion? loses this, if he loses a rematch, like he's got to go into hiding. He hangs he up will his have gloves. Lost people a lot of money. Well, you got to hang up your gloves. And you got to retire if you, and go into hiding. Yeah. Yeah. Same yeah. And run. Run forever. Yeah. Like, for the rest of your life. Yeah. And, I mean, it, it's all, like, fun watching these guys. You know, they're obviously Ruiz is the champion. Um, but I still believe that neither of these guys hold a candle to Tyson Fury, um, who, if you want to watch a, a legitimate boxer and not just a, a brawler, Tyson Fury is your guy. You're probably well, right. I th- I didn't think that until Joshua lost to Ruiz. I thought Joshua was, you know, I thought he was all that and more. But like you know, like guys like Teddy Atlas, the guys who you know are analysts for boxing, said he's like you know once you once you make your your bread, like it's kind of hard to motivate yourself to go fight anyone. I mean, yeah, is this going to be sorry. a fight worth watching, or is it just going to be? If I'm being honest, I probably won't watch it. An absolute cleanup. I mean, I'm definitely watching this because if there's going to be a lot of money him again, in it. oh, I'm a hundred percent betting Ruiz on this. You'd be stupid not to. Do you know what the odds are going into this? I think uh, jo- I don't know. Joshua will be favored heavily again. I don't know what they are. Yeah, I would but I'm expect a heavy favorite. Yeah. The well, problem they might be out for all I know. If the fight was just announced, then. Maybe not, but I don't know. I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited nonetheless. But while we're on the topic of money, we got a lot of money talk here tonight. Actually, uh, Alex Rodriguez had five hundred thousand dollars worth of jewelry and electronics stolen from his car in San Francisco last night. Harrison, where the fuck were you at? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Dude, car car break-ins are a big big problem out here. All right, but first of all, here's my thing, because you hear about this all the time, where there, there are celebrities where they had, you know, copious amounts of jewelry and money stolen. <clears throat> what, like, just, what the fuck? Why are you walking around with that much heat? 
in your car. Also, I, I have to assume that he had $495,000 worth of jewelry and $5,000 worth of electronics, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's no way. Got... Can you even have a hundred grand in electronics? Exactly. In yeah, like what the fuck could it possibly be? Right. So really he just had 495 grand worth of jewelry stolen, uh, which also sucks. But yeah, Harry, where the fuck were you? Dude, I'm telling you, man, it's a, it's a big problem, but look. You know, yeah, the obvious that's a nice thing, necklace you have on. Yeah, yeah, right. that's a nice chain. <laughs> exactly. The obvious thing here is just what the fuck are you doing with that much money in your car? Like, uh, it's just such a that's such a like a I'm worth five hundred million dollar thing to do. Yeah. Like yeah. you don't even realize that. Like, oh whoops! It turns out I had half a million dollars worth of gold and diamonds in my fucking car. And some home, also some homeless I, guy I love whoever stole this. Yeah. Thievery is not that cool at the end of the day, but. Man, when you when you really just hone in on the right car on the right day, that that probably feels pretty <laughs> Dude, fucking that good. That guy just walked away. I mean, that had to be an inside job. There's no way that guy was just walking along and said, "You know what? This seems, first car this of the seems night. like the car." Yeah, first car of the night, 500 Gs. <laughs> yeah. That guy is Dude, that guy's I mean, out of the game now. I I I would love to say that it was probably <laughs> yeah, a homeless person. Guy's... But I don't know. Right. Cuz homeless people they do they walk around with these necklaces that have this little metal pin on the end of it and they know exactly where to hit the they'll spin it and they'll hit the window and they know exactly where to hit it where there's like a pressure point and it just shatters the entire window. Wow. Shifty little bastards. Yeah. I we got my buddy's car got broken into one night when we we're playing hockey and they stole his backpack which had his iPad in it. We will have sex oh, in your Prius. Yeah. <laughs> dirty Mike, dirty Mike in the voice. <laughs> All right. Um next up Dak Prescott uh, turns down $30 million. Obviously, there's been a lot of contract negotiation. There's been a lot of turmoil in the NFL in terms of contracts and trying to get paid the most amount of money uh, possible. But he turns down $30 million, and in my opinion, it's obviously because of two major events that happen uh, in the offseason with Russell Wilson signing a $140 million extension. And um, that's over, what was that, two years? Mm. Uh, no, Four, five, five years. Oh, five years. Five, sorry. Yeah, so then uh, with Carson Wentz beating that out with four years and $128 million. Um, so I uh, wanted to hear your guys' thoughts on this. In my opinion, he does it's not. a bit bold because yeah. the guy does not have the resume. Um yeah, in yeah. Dak's opinion. forgetting he doesn't have a Super Bowl ring. Two, and and two quick things. One, the guy just doesn't deserve it because he's not proven enough. And we saw without Zeke, they're just a pretty average team. And so if, um, if he wants to help himself out, he should take less than thirty mil so they have cap space to sign Zeke. You know, so that they have that, you know, that option. Because without Zeke, they're really correct. They're, you know, they lose a major, major part of their offense. Well, for one, it's it's only Monday, and just when you think Alex Rodriguez had dickhead of the week locked up, then out come these reports saying <laughs> Zach, uh, Dak turned down $30 million per year, which he's got dickhead of the week locked up, and we're not even 24 hours in. Basically, the Cowboys, he's been playing for three years. Cowboys have won two division titles. That says a lot compared to what they were in the previous 10 to 15 years. Of course, they had a couple division championships sprinkled in there. But, anyways, here we have an extremely average quarterback getting offered top five quarterback money. He turns it down. Um, idiotic move on his part. Basically, 
to to be anything whatsoever, especially to have a chance to win the Super Bowl, which you know even though they've won a couple division titles, uh, they really haven't been close even to being in that that extra top tier of the league to even sniff a Super Bowl title. Um, but the fact of the matter is they have to have Zeke to do it, just like Harry just said. Uh, they do have the ability to, to pretty much have a three-headed mon- monster and have them all well-paid as basically reports have come out that Dallas has offered top five money to each Dak, Zeke, and Amari Cooper. So honestly, if they really did care about the team whatsoever, they could all take that those offers, be top five paid at their positions, and everyone be happy and sharing the football and winning football yeah. games. But here we are. Zeke is holding out. Dak is turning down offers, and Amari Cooper isn't really going anywhere with contract <laughs> extension talks. Stupid Amari Cooper is just happy to be out of Oakland. Stupid question, but do you think that's affecting their their play? It's too <laughs> early to tell. But I mean, we'll, I mean, dude, we'll Zeke, Zeke isn't playing, so it's a little hard to say right there. Right. Yeah, well. But it's also preseason. Um, I mean, dude, when when a, a six it's hard time, to judge him off one game. When a six-time winning. Super Bowl champion is taking 23 mil. Granted, he's 42 years old. That should kind of be noticed to like someone like Dak Prescott, who's still in his rookie contract, yeah. to be like, "Here's how you win fucking football yeah, games. You take less money, you win the championships." Because, dude, I'll be honest, the Cowboys are a damn good team. Very solid defense. Yeah. Well, they also they have the defense to go with it. That's the thing. When you, you just have these windows as a team, when both sides of the ball line up and you're competitive on both sides of the football, which is what the Patriots have always been. You know, and, and every now, most of the time, yeah, you'll you'll see another team kind of at that level, and then a couple other teams who are really good on one side or the other. But the Cowboys, they have with that three-headed monster, have a better than average offense, especially when the ground game is hot. They're they can put up points with almost anyone, and they have an you know one of the top eight defenses in the league. Yeah. And basically, if if you're interested in winning, if you're interested in leading your franchise as the quarterback. Yeah, maybe maybe just saddle up and be like, top five money sounds good to to kind of harness what we have here together. And my my whole situation with it is like, how did Jerry Jones let all of this happen, where you have two of your best players? Like, why did you not proactively go after this last year? Like, why are you bringing this into the last year of their contract? And, Couldn't agree more. And now I think Dak is just milking Jerry Jones because he knows like he's in a position like who's who's gonna come in and replace Dak right now quarterbacks mm, not looking so good in Dallas uh yeah who do they have uh Kellen Moore (laughs) yeah like I I couldn't even tell you who their backup is but um anyways I guess we can uh sort of move on here from Dak and keep pestering him um well right before we wrap up my brother Dak into uh our segment for tonight I want to play a little new game called Where in the World is Jeffrey Epstein? Because <laughs> he ain't dead. <laughs> I was going to um, say, yeah, Gardner, Gardner and the conspiracy theorists, of course he doesn't think he's dead. No, no, that guy's dead as shit. I just love that people are feeding into it. And Gardner, what's your favorite I, uh, conspiracy theory about this whole situation? Honestly, I have not read into it much, but Mercer's been keeping me in the loop. Of course. Um, do, you have a, do you have a personal conspiracy theory you'd like to share? I do, I do believe that uh, that someone fucked him up. I don't, I don't think, um, I don't think he's off on some freaking island chilling um, with Elvis, with Elvis and Tupac. But um, 
but I think somebody wanted him dead. I think he knew more than uh, more than people wanted uh, out there. Was it you know. was it Slick Willie Bill Clinton? <laughs> yeah, that would be pretty slick. Um, I definitely. I don't even think it's a conspiracy theory at this point. It's a conspiracy fucking fact that yeah, people wanted this guy dead and he's dead. So yeah, so um, he he all in all he deserves to be dead. We we're gonna hopefully all agree there. But oh, 100%. Damn, there's, no, I just uh, the was... good the good news is uh, Attorney General Barr did say that um, basically they're interested in continuing the investigation into all the documents that had been released to the court the day before. So hopefully they are not going to give up on this, and you know some things come to light. But I wouldn't fucking put, I wouldn't put a dollar on it, much less the farm. Yeah. So we'll see I what do happens. Agree with that, but, but don't Barr do that. Come, don't put the farm on there. Him coming off the whole Mueller report, I mean, he dropped some some kind of savage line. He was like, "Anyone who was a co-conspirator in this should not rest easy," which I thought was yeah, like yeah, this yeah. is like his big rebound because people aren't very happy with him post Mueller investigation. Agreed. Yeah, agreed. Well, I um. Let's not harp on politics too long. No, 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 no. I just thought it was hilarious that someone thinks that he's off floating on an island somewhere. <laughs> um, all right, let's move on to this uh, main segment for tonight. We're going to talk running backs. Like I said, we were blessed with the QB knowledge last week. This week, RBs. So, um, Tom, do you want to talk to us about some of the new faces we have in the league? Yeah, so there were a few different trades this year, and I think the most obvious one and the most impactful one is that Le'Veon Bell is now a New York Jet. And we had harped a little bit on Sam Darnold next year, and I'm pretty high on him still. I think he's a stud in the making. And to have a running back like Le'Veon to rely on, a playmaker, is not only good for his offense, but it, it puts Bell in a position that he wants. he wants the spotlight. He wants, you know, 30, 35 touches a game. And, uh, you know, he wasn't getting that in Pittsburgh. And I, I think it's just a good fit both for Bell and, and the Jets. Do you think um, <clears throat> Do you think with the Jets' offensive line that, that Bell can be productive? I think that's going to be – honestly, that's going to, like – their questions at offensive line, which um, they've shored up in the last couple of weeks with a couple of late additions um, – Basically, I mean, anytime you have questions at O line, honestly, with a belt with a back like Bell, um, that that means even more for him because there's going to be so many short options, kind of a dink and dunk game. You have to get the ball out quick if you're if you're in trouble from an O line standpoint. They are going to be better than last year, but regardless, like Tom said, the dude is a workhorse. He doesn't shy away from that. Of course, you know he has the reputation of demanding more money for what he's doing. So yeah, maybe in that way he has shied away from things in the past, but. When it comes to playing football, the dude wants the ball in his hands. He can have it in his hands either which way. He can run it up the gut, break it outside, or catch the ball out of the backfield. Does he risk? Yeah. Does he risk I mean, getting less touches than Ty? No. 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 <laughs> like, there's no chance the Jets run Montgomery more than Bell. No chance whatsoever. No. So, right. I mean, I I definitely like I like Bell to. <laughs> to be up there at 300, 350 touches this season. I mean, it's going to be the same thing that he was in P- Pittsburgh. The dude's played for five years. He's got 42 career TDs. That's a pretty solid average. So when it comes to just, you know, betting money, bet on Bill. And he's right. healthy. Don't forget that. Yeah. And yeah, Fresh uh, took a whole year off. I think the other 
interesting. I think this happened just today with the uh, 49ers picking up Tevin Coleman. Is that right? Yeah. Love that pickup. I do too. But, and here's the thing. So they got, you know, he's going to a team that's already got Matt Breda and Jarek McKinnon. Two things. One, Matt Breda, I was just looking at his stats. The guy only had three touchdowns last year. 800. He was 21st in, in rushing yards. Yeah, I know. I had him. <laughs> well, that checks out. Um, but, no, the point being is that Matt Breda is not going to be the, the guy. I mean, I always thought Tevin Coleman, you know, playing behind Devonta Freeman was always kind of just pigeonholed as the backup, kind of the change of pace guy. But I, I think he's going to be, you know, full go uh, in the 49ers offense. Uh, I expect him to be the, the workhorse. Um, the guy, you know, he's very capable rusher, very, very solid receiving back. And then they'll have Jarek McKinnon in there, who's really just a change of pace kind of guy and always has been. So yeah. I think it's Breda, a great pickup. For Breda, I mean, Breda's also the oldest motherfucking 24-year-old I've ever seen. <laughs> On yeah. on the Tevin Coleman subject, though, you, I mean, you're kind of right, Harry. He did get pigeonholed, kind of like you know, playing the the Robin to uh, Freeman's Batman. Mm-hmm. But um, I mean, he's not just a change of pace guy. Like he was he was capable of running between the tackles in Atlanta. I mean, anytime Freeman was out, which by the way, That's over awesome. the last two seasons has been pretty fucking regularly, um, he has stepped in there. He's had multiple you know hundred plus yard games and multiple touchdown games. I mean, he's six foot plus and he weighs 215 pounds like he's he's a real back so he's gonna have no problem i think shouldering the load especially with compliments like matt Breda, who's also a good between the tackles back and of course Derek mckinnon like a shifty guy so yeah they're officially deep now the niners are in the backfield in my opinion and you know all those things especially uh with some new wide receiver help not that we're talking about that but overall 49ers offense has been pretty short up this offseason and uh, they're they're looking pretty good, so I I like Tevin Coleman. Um, well, do we have anything else about Coleman, Bell, or Ingram before we move on to Elite? Yeah, Mark Ingram I think is an interesting uh, choice if you're going to draft, uh, just because of everything we detailed with Lamar Jackson and his you know run approach. Uh, I think Mark Ingram is definitely a high risk, um, low reward type player where I just don't see him still putting up the volume he did in an offense like the Saints. Um, you know, he was working with Drew Brees. Lamar Jackson, as, you know, reputable and, you know, hardworking as he is, he's not Drew Brees. And they also have a backfield that already has Kenneth Dixon, Gus Edwards, as well as Justice Hill, who is a rookie out of Oklahoma State. And a lot of people call him, like, the most natural runner or like you know running back in the whole draft so i i think but like all three of those guys will take away from some of ingram's touches and i'm probably gonna fade him this year i think he still might have a good year uh but it's a little too risky of a pick for me yeah i, I, would, I would agree, agree with that too. uh the Ra- the ravens are just like a by committee offense and especially so in the backfield so yeah you know they're going to be doing a lot of things running the ball with their quarterback using multiple players, you know, sharing touches. And I would just, I would, I would be hard pressed to even, even on the receiving side of things, but especially the backfield, I'm going to be hard pressed to like draft a Ravens player very high this year. All right. Well, let's move on to elite backs. Uh, we talked about it a little bit earlier on with Zeke and some um, contract controversy, but let's address the elephant in the room. Tom, I'll kick it over to you. Uh Elephant in the room being, should I draft Ezekiel Elliott? 
Yes, absolutely. Draft Zeke Elliott. This guy led the NFL in touches last year for all running backs. Um, and, you know, when push comes to shove, I think Jerry Jones knows that he needs to pay Zeke. I think when it comes to rolling the dice on Dak, they'll, you know, maybe they'll get something worked out. But I think Zeke is going to get his money. Um, he has to get his money. Otherwise, this season is a wash. And next year, you won't have Dak. You won't have Zeke. And then Cooper's probably prone to leave. Uh, I mean, Zeke knows he's in a position of power right now. He will get paid. Uh, hopefully, this all gets resolved before the draft. Um, but, um, yeah, take take Ezekiel Elliott regardless. I mean, do you still take him so, as, like, a top three pick or something? Because, like, everyone's projecting him pretty much top three. So do you still consider him, or do you think there's risk in taking him that high? I think all that matters, all that matters in fantasy football is the stretch, right? I mean, if if you're if you're decent enough at playing, you're gonna piecemeal away, you know, you basically stay 500 the first half of the season. Let's assume this holdout even trans even continues into the regular season. But as we've seen in the past with the Le'Veon Bell holdouts, and you know, kind of uh, obviously excluding last year, but just questions when it comes to these kind of guys like holding out into camp. They're still worth the risk because down the stretch, those last five, six games of the season, you're, you're going to win football games. And like that's that's really what matters. And especially once you're in the playoffs, how do you win playoff games? By having a back like Zeke Elliott scoring, scoring 30 points a game, you know? I, th- I, th- I think, I know you had mentioned it before, um, I would probably take three names before Ezekiel Elliott, and that would be Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey, and Alvin Kamara. And then if I'm sitting at four and I and Zeke is there, I'm taking him. The good thing about this year's fantasy football draft period with Le'Veon Bell back, though, is, yeah, it's, it's especially, uh, you know, um, points per leagues. Yeah, PPR. Christian McCaffrey, yeah, PPR leagues, Christian McCaffrey is going to be a hell of an asset. But with Bell back, I mean, you now have five legitimate elite badass running backs Mm -hmm. you know you have the three that you just mentioned you have Le'Veon Bell and you have Todd Gurley so any of those backs I mean if you're in the top six of your draft you you have to be trying to snag one of those guys but as far as who you take first I I would say an awesome question would be to you Tom or Harry between Barkley McCaffrey and Kamara who do you like all three all three of them are their team's primary backs this year running the ball all three of them are awesome out of the backfield catching the ball what do you think I, dude, I, I think that I think it's not the most popular pick, but I think Alvin Kamara. I, I would take him out of those three. I mean, granted that that Drew Brees draws a lot of attention in the pass game because he's so just efficient. I know it, it, it's going to open up opportunities for Alvin Kamara to really do his thing. Whereas Saquon Barkley, who's obviously who's probably the best athlete out of the, out of the bunch, uh, and, and probably best all around running back. Like, a lot of teams are just going to game plan around how do we stop Saquon Barkley. And the focus is literally just going to be, like, stacking the box, kind of containing Saquon as much as you possibly can because they know that the, that the Giants don't really have a, a stout passing game by any means. Right. So that's where I feel like Alvin Kamara is going to have the most opportunity. He, won't necessarily, he might not get as many touches, but I think in terms of, like, yards per attempt uh, and, and just in terms of all-purpose yards, because he – and especially with Mark Ingram out of the picture – uh, I think Kamara is going to be a great, great pickup this year. You know, certainly you have, a top three pick. Do you have any concerns about Barkley's productivity um, this season? Well, 
I I don't. I, I, I agree with everything Grimes just said about Kamara. He's probably your safer option. But if you, you know, if Saquon Barkley lands in your lap, you should not be mad about that. No, no, no. That's, I'm guy, not saying that at all. I'm just saying if you're comparing the two, Kamara, it, to me, actually has probably a better upside because the game plan isn't going to be to stop Alvin Kamara. They're going to have to take yeah, more balance. No, to I mean, I, I agree. He's, he's probably safer. But at the same time, I think that weighs out, you know, in, in PPR leagues, that might weigh out in Barkley's favor. Where if he's going to get 40 looks a game, you know, 30 on the ground and, you know, 10 receptions a game, because, because there's literally nobody else to do it in New York. Yep. I'll take that guy. I'll take that guy. That's fair. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I mean, McCaffrey would be, although he's a hell of a back in his own right, and he's going to shoulder plenty of the load offensively. I got to take him three out of those three. It's a toss up between Barkley. Basically, like Tom said, you know, there's just, there's no one else to do it on that team at the moment. Um, they have a depleted receiving core. Obviously, questions at quarterback in general with Eli Manning getting older and kind of less effective the last few years as his line has sucked. So Barkley is going to be the guy, the only guy on that offense. But um, kind of to Harry's point, I mean, Kamara has just been electric his first two years in the league, especially from a from a yards per touch standpoint. He's averaged six and a half per touch his career two seasons in. He's yet to be the primary feature back. Of course, he's he's been featured a lot, but He's always had Mark Ingram there to kind of uh, tag team things with him. But two seasons in, he's got 22 rush TDs, nine receiving TDs. Um, he's he's just kind of the beast. Yeah. So and where do you I, go I to like school? either of those guys. Where did Kamara go to school? I am, I am a Tennessee homer. Yes, he went, sir. He went, to, he went to Alabama. Yes, sir. Um, you know what's really interesting? Go before we get into buy or sell, it's, it's so funny that in a league that constantly kind of downplays the importance of running backs when it comes to fantasy like getting a good running back is the first thing you need to do for sure right they always talk about them being irreplaceable but we're talking about how pretty much all the top six seven picks of of the drafts that we're all about to do are probably going to be running backs for absolutely yes sir um all right well let's move on here to buy or sell um for the ladies and gentlemen who are listening we're going to list off some top players, uh, ranked running backs here, <clears throat> and uh, I'm going to throw it out to these three. I'm going to give you uh, some time to discuss whether or not you would buy or sell these individuals. So we'll start off here with Todd Gurley. Um, after serious injury questions were raised in the playoffs last year, the Rams went ahead and traded up to draft running back Daryl Henderson out of Memphis in the third round. Makes you question uh, how durable this individual is uh and whether or not he has it in him to continue the output that we've seen over the past two seasons so um tom i'll kick it over to you to start here todd Gurley. um no you you still draft Todd Gurley. uh i think a lot of people are, are just making noise and adding to the pressure of what was a disappointing season for the rams last year like, let's be honest the super bowl appearance was great but they scored three fucking points like get out of here uh, and the Patriots won so that was cool but oh, forgot uh, about that thank you but no I mean Todd Gurley is still the staple of this offense and I, the injuries do raise doubt but that's a, a risk that I'm willing to take on Todd Gurley I mean the dude I'm, I'm with Tom I'm always by Todd Gurley I mean especially for the next four years or so 
Um, regardless, yeah, he, he kind of faded down the stretch. I was a victim of that last year, but the dude had 17 fucking rush touchdowns last year. He's been in the league. I mean, he was in the conversation for MVP for much, much of the season, um, you know, was the best player on arguably the best team in the league. And I think including receptions, the dude has 56 touchdowns in his four years in the league. So that's, that's nearly 15 touchdowns a season. Yeah. I would take Todd Gurley with, without question. Um, I'm gonna. I'm personally gonna sell him. I, I, I mean, it all depends on where you are in the draft, obviously. Um, but I just think there's too many question marks. Granted, it's been pretty quiet on this whole front since preseasons kicked off. But you know, when it comes to knee knees and knee injuries, um, you know, some people are saying it's like arthritis. I think there's just a little bit too much risk in this because if he does go down, you gotta imagine, you know surgery is going to be in play and if surgery is in play he's probably out for the season so with that in mind I'm going to say I'm going to sell Todd Gurley this season if he proves me wrong I like Todd Gurley I, I know I think he's you know but I'm just I'm he's not going to be on my fantasy board this year well there's 10 other running backs in front of him that you can draft so right but with two buys and one sell we'll go ahead and uh suggest that you buy Todd Gurley this season next up Joe Mixon uh, with Marvin Lewis finally out of Cincy and A.J. Green undergoing ankle surgery in late July, we'd uh, expect to see Fix and Mixon to be a staple in this offense. Uh, he's shown spurts of greatness, albeit on a shitty team. With new head coach Zach Taylor, uh, we may see a change in this offense in the favor of a running game. So I'll turn it over to Brent to start us off here with Joe Mixon. Um, I'm personally going to sell Joe Mixon mainly because I hate everything Bengals and I just don't really see anything coming to like a ton of fruition with that offense period. Um, I think he is going to be the most reliable part of that offense, especially with, uh, AJ Green kind of undergoing ankle surgery earlier this summer. Um, he is going to be the focal point. I think they're going to rely on heavily on him with just kind of the ineptitude of the red rocket up there throwing the football and, um, I still, for me, I just I just don't like the Bengals' offense and their capabilities enough to, to kind of put him in that class of explosive back. Uh, and for those same reasons, I last year I faded Mixon just because I hate everything to do with Cincinnati, but he produced big time. And this year he's ranked as the number eighth overall running back. And so if Joe Mixon is there in probably the mid-second round, uh, jump on him. I I hated him, hated him, and it bit me in the ass last year. Um, and I'm just not gonna let it happen again. Like you know, it's time to put my heart aside as a fantasy owner and take responsibility for my team and my actions. And uh, so yeah, I'm I'm buying Joe Mixon. Um, All right, Harry. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna sell him. Uh, I think Shakes, you know, kind of hit the nail right on the head. You know, if, if your offense isn't producing, and I do not expect since he's offense to produce, you know, it, it, it just kind of, it just limits the production that he's going to be able to put forth. Um, you know, I think he'll be, you know, he'll have some game, good games and things like that, just like most of the running backs we're going to discuss will, uh, regardless if we're buying or selling. But overall, I just expect Cincinnati to be a kind of a trash team. And I think Joe Mixon's kind of, uh, unfortunately, kind of fall victim to that you know if, if their offense can't move the ball then he's not going to be able to get touchdowns or pick up yards himself uh, and that's what's it's just more of what I expect from Cincinnati as, as a team rather than 
you know, what Joe Mixon can or cannot do, but overall I'm going to sell the guy. Well, with two sells and one buy, we'll go ahead and suggest to sell. Uh, next on the chopping block, David Johnson, uh, a premier back prior to his 2017 injury. Uh, DJ regressed last year as the Arizona offense ranked dead last in total offense with uh, new stud Kyler Murray stepping in uh, behind center and uh, an air raid mindset. DJ should have plenty of lanes open to tear through. Uh, he will also be utilized as Murray's check down option. He has potential to be a top five back this year depending on how Murray can run the offense. Uh, gentlemen, what are your thoughts on yeah, DJ? I'll, uh, I'll start off here. I'm, gonna, I'm buying David Johnson. Um, I think I don't think by any means he was some flash in the pan uh, before he got went down with that wrist injury that, that sidelined him for about a year. Uh, and I think with Kyler Murray, every report that I've seen has, has shown that the guy is, you know, capable of being a, a very solid quarterback, that, that he was worth that first overall pick. Um, and, and Tom and I talked about it yesterday, you know, their passing game should be pretty explosive uh, with Larry Fitzgerald kind of being the steady hands. Uh, he'll pretty much catch everything you put, you know, the throw, throw at him. And then Christian Kirk is going to be, I think, a, a breakout star this year, um, which I think opens up all sorts of opportunity for, for uh, David Johnson to, to get back to where he was. So I'm, I'm buying David Johnson this year. Uh, yeah, I, I think I agree very much with what you said. And uh, now, you know, th this offense was essentially, you know, torn down and, and built back up from the ground. Um, and I don't think that Cliff King or I don't think Cliff Kingsbury would overlook uh, a corner piece like David Johnson. I think he's going to get plenty of touches and, you know, get him get him off the board, draft early, jump on him. They obviously have the pieces, but do you think that they can they can kind of put them all together in Arizona? Uh, yeah, Kyler Murray's fucking nasty. I've only seen him play for uh, six passes, but he's fucking nasty. Yeah, well, if you go by six passes, da you know, Daniel Jones is nasty too. So Daniel Jones is nasty, all right? Don't talk bad about my quarterback. I'm dude. I'm on. <laughs> That's board. my quarterback. I'm, I'm, I'm on the DJ train, and not the you know, not the David Johnson. Brent, why don't you uh, jump in here, buy or sell? I'm a quick buy. I, I don't have much to expand on either of these guys. Like Harry said, he was not a flash in the pan. He's a real he's a real back, and any young quarterback, first year head coach team is going to lean pretty heavily on on a guy that's who's the first established as him. First unanimous buy. Um, buy David Johnson. Yeah, buy buy buy. All right, next up, uh, Marlon Mack. 1,000-yard rusher last year. Mack received 20 more touches than any other running back last season, not named Zeke Elliott. Uh, the Colts kicked into gear in the second half of 2018, and Mack is expected to be three-down back, according to GM Chris Ballard. Uh, his receptions are a bit low, but given no real competition in Indy, Mack is easily uh, an RB2 with an RB1 upside. Uh, yeah, another another guy that I think is, I, I wouldn't call him a sleeper, but I think he's definitely going to outperform all of his initial projections, especially with Andrew Luck. I'm all in on Andrew Luck this year. I think I think he's going to be fine. We discussed that last week, um, and I think Mac is a solid solid option. 
um, on your bench as well as for the the Colts in general. Um, yeah, I, I'm going to buy him too. I mean, I think the Colts offense is going to be pretty uh, pretty stout. Uh, and I've, I've always liked what Marlon Mack can do. The question I have really is, do we think that he can dr- he'll drop to like a third, fourth, fifth round? You know, because I, I certainly wouldn't take him top two, but I'm curious, you know, where he'd be good value get in this. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I I don't think that I would take uh I wouldn't take Marlon Mack in the first two rounds, but anywhere after that, I mean, he is he is going to be an extremely serviceable RB two. I mean, the the main thing is he's he's not just some guy that's going to hit for some big plays and score big points every now and then. He's going to give you some you know steady production. They're going to lean on him. He's he is their feature back. I liken him basically to like you know Nick Chubb. Um, also, uh, who is it? Uh, Freeman down there in Houston. Both those, all three of those guys, solid RB twos. Yeah. Sure. So I think that's another so, another bye bye bye. Yeah, bye bye bye. <clears throat> all right. Well, um, Brent just uh, mentioned him, but Nick Chubb is up on the chopping block next, uh, bursting onto the scene in Week Seven. The Baker Mayfield-Nick Chubb duo seemingly turned Cleveland around overnight um, with the addition of uh, the new duo of OBJ and Landry. Um, Defenses are going to have a tough time stopping this offense. So uh, Chubb also a major uh, benefit um, from the departure of Duke Johnson and Kareem Hunt suspended for the first eight games of this year. So really um, with the uh, ability to shine this year, I'll put it in your guy's hand to tell me whether you buy or sell. I think this one's this one's a little bit tougher. Uh, I, I think Nick Chubb is is definitely a, a solid running back. Uh, like Shake says, he's he's really like a running back too kind of guy. Um, so if you can snag, I think people will pick him higher than what his real value is. But you know, without Duke and with Kareem suspended, like he's, he's the only guy that they have in the backfield for the first eight weeks or first eight games. So I think if you can snipe him in the third or fourth round, I think that's a great pick. Um, the only concern I have with Nick Chubb is like I've said, there's just so many weapons in this offense. I just, there can only be so many touchdowns going around. Right. Um, so I'm just really, you know, unsure how many you know how productive he'll be from a touchdown perspective so he's like a fringe guy for me i I don't really know if i can buy or sell him Um, buy or sell all right i'll 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 buy him but he's like a low buy for me i'm i'm buying i think the backfield like you said is wide open no more duke johnson kareem hunt suspended for eight games we'll see if they stick with him after that um, I don't think Kareem Hunt is going to challenge Nick Chubb at all, and uh, I expect another monster year from the, the the young kid. People forget that, like you know, second he's a rookie. His third year. year. Oh yeah, second year. Stud. Um, I I happen to be on the opposite side of that coin. I'll make this quick. Uh, basically, I just think they have such a dynamic passing game. Baker Mayfield can also do damage with his legs, and then um, halfway through the season, they are going to have Kareem Hunt. Uh, so I'm I'm gonna tentatively sell Nick Chubb this year. All right, wow. All right, well, uh, that does it for buy or sell. But I will throw in one more curveball for you guys um, to get your opinion. We kind of talked about um, 
we already talked about Indy a little bit, but what do you guys think about Hines? Mm. I think I, I think, with I think that dude Ma- sucks because yeah. I don't know. I don't even know his first name. Naheem? Is that who Naheem. you're talking about? Yeah. Naheem, Naheem Hines. Naheem. Yeah, I was, he sucks. I was lo- he sucks. I was looking it over. He's got a projected stat line of a, you know, 1,000 total yards and seven touchdowns. Um, I'm not saying he's a number one guy, but... Maybe like late round like flex kind of guy, but I I wouldn't I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't put him anything other than that. All right, well let's talk. I wouldn't ri- I wouldn't let him ride my bench. <laughs> All right, well yeah, maybe I should start taking note, Tom. Um, let's talk sleepers here. Uh, Miles Sanders, Tom, you want to start us off? Yeah, Miles Sanders is the heir um, to the throne. It seems in Philly. Uh, the rook, the Eagles traded up for this kid to draft him. Uh, you know, four down back, and by all accounts, I've heard he is the guy to beat in camp so far. Um, you guys might have heard of Saquon Barkley. This kid, Miles Sanders, played behind Barkley at Penn State, so you know I think he may have learned a thing or two from Saquon, and. I'm all in on this kid. I, I, you know, obviously this is, you know, fifth, sixth round. You kind of got to make a move on him because I think he's going to go early. Not exactly like a, a sleeper, so to speak, but definitely a, a rookie that's expected to perform and perform at a high level for a team that wants to win now. Um, I'm going to echo Tom's comments and we'll just kind of bust through these a little bit. The, in a similar fold, um, I happen to love another rookie running back, Josh Jacobs, um, number twenty-four, number twenty-four overall pick by the Raiders this year out of Alabama. I'm rooting for this um, kid. If you've if you've noticed anything about Alabama running backs over the last ten years, they're all extremely huge, extremely fast, and extremely powerful. Um, he fits the mold. Um, everyone is raving about this kid in camp. Uh, John Gruden's telling him he's going to be the rookie of the year this year. Um, and honestly, if anything, I guess kind of with some of the question marks around Derek Carr, their lack of uh, any depth in the receiving game outside of Antonio Brown, if he even gets his fucking head on straight, I would assume they're going to lean pretty heavily on, on this kid. So I love Josh Jacobs um, as a sleeper, especially as an RB2. He has a, a serious potential to have a crazy uh, a standout season. I mean, obviously with Marshawn graduating – not graduating, Jesus Christ, retiring for the second time. Uh, and Gruden's kind of old school style football. I think um, I think he's going to do some ground and pound. I think he's going to fucking kill it this year. And just on the Antonio Brown note, uh, I saw today that he's now in. Like, you know, he, they he posted his, his whole... Uh, no, they're not going to let him <laughs> use his helmet, but uh, he's going to make it work. And I think a large part of that was due to Gruden, who came out yesterday and was like, I'm in his corner, very clear, very adamant that he was behind A.B. And I think it was all just a ploy for A.B. to like, you know, it it was a test. And uh, I guess Gruden passed the test. So, uh, you know, good move by Gruden. Hmm. Yeah, but fuck fuck A.B., man. Come on. I mean, he's he's going to play. He's going to play. All right. Um. Well, we talked about it a little bit before, or no, we didn't. We we're talking about Ty. Sorry, uh, David Montgomery. Yeah, Harry, you want to? Yeah, talk about so David Montgomery is uh, drafted by the Chicago Bears out of Iowa State, which was actually 
a pretty uh, a tough team to play last season. Um, but they traded up for him to grab him in the third round. Uh, and, and quite frankly, you know, so Tariq Cohen is really the guy in Chicago in their backfield. Um, but from what I've heard and what I've seen, dude, this guy runs very hard. He's like more of like an all-around back, whereas Tariq Cohen's more of like a specialty, make-you-miss kind of guy. Um, and one thing that I'll say, too, I mean, he's been pretty durable to this point, Tariq Cohen, but a guy that small, I mean, it doesn't really take too much. It takes like one hard hit to, to sideline him, uh, especially how much they use him, too, in, in the return game as well as in the backfield. So I think David Montgomery is a guy that would be an excellent pick to, to kind of stash on your bench. Uh, give it a couple of weeks to see, you know, how they use them, because um, I fully expect them to, to to get some uh, to get some carries this season, uh, especially as the season progresses and Tariq Cohen, you know, his durability will probably less lessen up a little bit. I think I think David Montgomery's gonna be a great guy to, to have um, to throw into a flex spot, or or if you start getting some injuries yourself to to have on your bench. So speaking of injuries and cuffs. Um, Austin Eckler, I think, is another must-have player on your bench this year, considering everything that Melvin Gordon is going through with his contract right now. I I don't know who the fuck he thinks he is. Like he's not Zeke, but he's acting like it. Uh, but Melvin Gordon, you know, besides the whole contract issue, um, has been injury-prone over the last few years, and I specifically suffered from that big time uh, last season. Big time, and. You know, regardless of you know, what happens with Gordon, I think Eckler is a must-play player or a must-have player on your bench and maybe even a, a flex spot here and there just because of his volume of receptions and versatility out of the backfield. I mean, he, he's a game-breaker. You know, it's, it's nothing to see him break one off for 60 yards. Oh, yeah, he's flashy. Break one flashy off, motherfucker. Man. All right, well, there you have it, ladies and gents. Ah. Uh, everything you need to know about running backs going into fantasy. Now you have QBs and running backs, so you have no excuse. Uh, make sure you take notes. Um, let's cl- close it out tonight with some buzzer beaters. Tom, start us off. Uh, well, first and foremost, I saw that Peaky Blinders is officially returning in two weeks. For Episode one is August 25th. Let's go. Um, so that's that's exciting. But in more important news, uh, Natural Light has now come out with a spiked seltzer drink, and they've joined the game in the seltzer world. And I gotta try one. I'm I'm gonna be honest. I need to try one. I'm sticking to my white claws. Tom, I don't I don't I don't know if you want to admit. Yeah, God, both of you, you too. <laughs> With a spike seltzer, just stick to beer, dude. Man. If you're if yeah. you're a little Bush, bit hungover, baby. a spike seltzer is a lot better than a beer. Trying to like yeah, trying if to you rebound. Go fucking hard how, as shit. How dare if you go you? so hard that you you wake up with beers? Can't wait. Oh. Well, right. I'm just white, white, white claw. claw. I'm just saying it's white claw. Redeem yourself. Uh, yeah. So, uh, in non-football related news uh the english premier league uh kicked off this past weekend which what it pretty much felt like a, it was like a two-week layoff which isn't really the case but i literally felt like man city won the championship like no more than like a month ago um but in any case uh, it's back in full action uh, man city got off to a hot start beating west ham united five nothing uh 
making pretty easy work. But all the big teams won their matches, Liverpool, Man United, um, and Arsenal. And uh, so I'll, I'll be giving updates on the show. Um, How'd the American do? The American, oh, dude, Chelsea got stomped by by Man United for nothing. So Christian Pulisic, Pulisic whatever, how the fuck you say it. Um, I don't even, I think he came in as a... I think yeah, he came he in as a it. sub. I, I was like hardly watching. It was at like it was at like seven thirty yeah. in the morning. Um, but yeah, so I, he didn't he didn't you know do all that much. Um, but you know I'm all about the EPL and, and European soccer, so I'll uh, I'll be giving updates as the season progresses. Much appreciated. Well, thanks as always for joining us tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, hey, to the three of you, appreciate your time as always. If you're not Make sure to check us out on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Additionally, please make sure to click to subscribe on iTunes and Spotify so that you can stay up to date on our weekly released episodes. Do not be that guy that misses out. You do not want to get cucked in fantasy. I know. Shakes, close us out. Uh, yeah, so today is a pretty big one in music history. Uh, on this day, August 12, 1968, uh, Jimmy Page, Robert Plant, John Paul Jones, and John Bonham all got together and played for the first time in a studio in London. Um, so here's some Led Zeppelin, one of the best bands to ever do it. Peace out. Later. Later. Leaves are falling all around. Time I was on my way. Thanks to you, I'm much obliged. Such a pleasant stay But now it's time for me to go The autumn moon lights my way But now I smell the rain And with it came And it's heading my way Ah, sometimes I grow so tired
Got him at the evil wall, crept up and slipped away. 